Relay FM. This is Connected, episode 159. Today's show is brought to you by Blue Apron, Hover, and Encapsula. My name is Michael Hurley. Oh, wow. Why did I do that? Uh, I'm joined by <laughs> Federico Vatici and to Stephen Hackett. Hello, everyone. We're very formal Hello, today. What did Hello, I do Michael. that for? Oh, no. As you can tell, I'm a little bit sick, and I'm afraid the cold has spread to my brain. So that's the end of me now. I have never done that. Why did I do that? That was so strange. Hello, my name is Michael David James Hurley. Uh, welcome to this show. Wow. Uh, we have some follow-up. Stephen, please, please follow up, because I've doxed myself now. Yeah, you really did. You used, uh, used all your names. Mm-hmm. We spoke about my annual St. Jude fundraiser, and thank you to the connected audience. We have, as of like uh, Monday, we reached our goal of $9,000. It's currently at 15000 yeah. and change, which is super awesome. They met the challenge. Um, thank you. They did. I challenged everyone, and they did it and destroyed it because we had a goal, you had a goal of nine grand, and it's at fifteen now, which is unbelievable. And it's the best clause ever. And please give money if you haven't already. Please just do it because it's worth it. So great. So yes. awesome. So, yes. So thank you. And I know lots of people have been linking to it on Twitter. And I saw some blog posts about it from like lots of people. So thank you all for sharing. Uh, and it, it just, it means, it means the world to me and my family and lots of other St. Jude families. Yep. Couldn't be a better cause. So we are going to... Uh, jettison the rest of follow-up to next week. There's some very exciting Spotify follow-up that I'm not going to tell you about yet, mm, but it's teasing. really mm-hmm. it's really a, a scene in my house right now, my music situation. I've just gone back to cassette tapes. That's the Oh, follow-up. no. There's no spoilers. <clears throat> but, yeah, it's, it's just tapes everywhere. We're going to get into this Apple event, but really the Apple event wasn't yesterday. It really sort of started... Over the weekend, mm-hmm. because <laughs> oh wow, because okay. uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago we would have said the HomePod firmware leak, probably the worst software leak Apple's ever had. Surely it won't happen again. And guess what happened, guys? It happened again. Uh, it, it happened and it again, was worse. but it, it was kind of worse than yeah. I think this was and, worse, right? I think this was it, definitely it, worse. I think it was worse too because the HomePod stuff it really kind of mostly confirmed things we already thought we knew, right? Yeah, and, and also it was a mistake. Um, this yeah, one, we're going to get into that in a minute. We're going to get into this mistake malicious uh, meme mm-hmm. that's going around right now. Um, but th- this really kind of, it took away a lot of the little things, right? Because when, when the HomePod stuff's going around, wherever these leaks, people were just like, oh... You know, this is the broad strokes, but where Apple really excels is is the little things. And this leak had all those little things in it. Stuff like an emoji, you know, like some of the portrait mode stuff. Like, so many really interesting tiny details were shared in advance. And, like, even stuff like um, the animation for registering Face ID, the fact that there was going to be an update to AirPods. Like, the list goes on and on and on, right, of, of the little things that came out because of this leak and from what can be discerned i think initially it was presumed that this was a leak from a carrier right like i think that was originally how it was reported that like it maybe slipped out during the testing process but it later came to light that really this was just someone shared a public url because the url was public to get the gm which i assume is created to share with carriers and stuff like that to share with people that need to do regulatory testing they have apple has a url that they give to these companies which is 
uh, obscurity. What is it like security through obscurity type deal? Yeah, basically, um, they they shared an entire um, list of links from I I assume from from what uh, from what I've heard uh, from an internal email. Like they they selected an entire paragraph of links and they just sent that around to a bunch of publications and then uh, eventually on Reddit and other sites. Yeah. And I think it might have been, uh, for me personally, uh, John Gruber, who I first saw mention to the fact that he was very aware that this was sent out by someone inside of Apple, not as a controlled leak, but as a, I want to spoil things or I want to share, you know, like somebody was leaking this to spoil something, right? And so Federico, you mentioned mistake and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what do you mean by that? Can you explain that? I- uh, for the HomePod, I I do mean that it was like it was not an accident because mm-hmm. of the way that um, the way that Apple handles uh, these um, releasing OTA updates for internal empl- internal employees only and the general public. Uh, my understanding is that the system that they used to have in place, I don't know if it's been changed since. I I, I hope so. But the system that used to be in place months ago, it was really easy to make that kind of mistake. It was a very manual process, and someone who was in charge of pushing this OTA update for the HomePod to the employees that are currently testing the speaker uh, made a genuine mistake and basically dropped the wrong f- the file in the wrong folder. And the fact that that was even possible, you know, it, it wasn't meant to be a malicious act. It just, you know, you're dealing with drag and drop and you're dealing with two folders. It's easy to make that kind of mistake. But the system shouldn't be structured like that in the first place. So from what I know, that was a mistake. Uh, this one, it was done on purpose. I don't know with... I mean, I guess if you're uh, sharing the GM before the release, and especially the GM seed of the iPhone 10, you know that there's going to be stuff in there, and you know that people are going to be able to decrypt the, the firmware and um, to look inside and mm-hmm. see stuff like an emoji. So to say that that person didn't know the extent of his actions uh, or her uh-huh. actions, uh, um, I, I, I don't believe that, you know. Uh, I, I don't think that's the case. They they knew perfectly that leaking the GM uh, a few days ahead of the event would cause damage to Apple. All the reporting around it was really interesting for a couple of days, right? There, there seemed to be a lot of discussion about, like, whether 9to5 should have reported on it, um, et cetera, et cetera. My personal feeling on it is it is a shame that this stuff came out, but 9to5 should have reported on it. Uh, if you get some really interesting, juicy details, would you not share them? So Federico, if somebody gave this to you, <laughs> you got this GM, would you do anything with it? I mean, you don't have to say, like, you do go to the whole extent that they did ripping it to shreds, but... No, I mean, I, I, you know me, uh, and you know I wouldn't do that, because I've had m- much better material in the past, and mm. I've... Okay. And, uh, and I've, you know, I've sat on it with my mouth shut, uh, not because I don't think it should be reported on, because I do believe 9to5Mac and Mac Rumors, and they're doing their job, and, um, you know, it's their business model to, to report this, and if they, uh, especially after the links were on Reddit, were public, you know, thousands of people had the GM installed before Apple stopped signing the, the file, so they were just doing their jobs. Personally, it's, it, I don't like doing that, because... Uh, it's not the way that I, that I see Mac stories. It's not what I do, and I I wouldn't be able to sleep comfortably at night knowing that I'm upsetting other people 
even if it would be a considerable gain for my website, I mean, at least in terms of traffic. Uh, but I, you know, I had stuff in the past and I, and I didn't share it. Uh, but I also believe it's totally, you know, 95 Mac and Mac rumors are just doing their jobs. And if they were not reporting on that first, somebody else would yeah. have. So. I don't think they did anything wrong in, in reporting this information. I mean, yeah, I mean, because the idea of spoilers is an interesting thing for me. Like, are spoilers a thing for a company event where they're introducing new products? Like, I mean, it, it, this is something that I've been really bouncing around in my head a lot over the last week or two. Sp- like, spoilers. Spoilers is a thing, right, for, for an mm-hmm. Apple event. It seems kind of strange in in the abstract term because, like, spoilers, this is a term that we use for works of entertainment, um, fictional things, and obviously we see Apple's presentations as a work of entertainment, right? It's why we watch the two-hour keynote presentation or whatever. But it's, mm-hmm. it's like this, it's really weird that, like, there is this entire industry built around reporting on rumors that we all pay attention to, um, but then there is a certain line that could be crossed where people start talking about spoilers like it, i think that the, that these leaks this past weekend it's been really interesting and i can't in my mind sum up exactly why this one was considered to be so bad i i think it was a combination of the fact that it was the second time and so um w- a lot of people thought that we had the immune system to this kind of leak because of the home pod and instead this was worse so it's like, imagine if you if you get a bad disease and you do a vaccine, and then a few months later you get the same disease again, only it's worse. And apply that in terms of spoilers, you know. And we thought, you know, we have, you know, that there was a leak months ago. It's fine, and now we're gonna be surprised. And then just a few a few days before, yeah, it hit hard again. I guess it was the even proximity, more details. right? The proximity to uh, yes, the event yes, is the problem. Yes. Because it was, we, you know, everybody thinks once you get to, like, Saturday before the keynote, mm-hmm. you're probably good now, right? Like, you've probably got everything you're going to get. Um, yeah. But then it was just, like, a com- for the entire weekend, more and more and more information as uh, Steve Troughton-Smith and Guillermo Rambo were looking through all of this stuff and pulling out mm-hmm. more and more and more things. Um, again, yeah. like... I think it's totally fine that they do that stuff because, look, if you don't want to see it, don't follow them on Twitter because you know you're just gonna you're gonna get it right because this is what they do. Um, the problem is though that now, whatever they find is reported more widely, and if you follow anyone in technology or anything in technology, you are gonna find out about what happens in these things because it's it's such big news, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, even yeah. the people who are talking about the fact that it's terrible still link to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I got a lot of replies uh, after I got in a kind of argument about whether uh, an Apple event constitutes um, a spoiler-worthy event uh, comparable to Star Wars, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, some people obviously believe that an Apple event is comparable to going to the cinema to watch a movie. And someone walks out and tells you who dies at the end. Mm-hmm. And other people say, well, it's just a big <laughs> commercial for a company. Um, I think I sit somewhere in the middle and, and I yeah. think I tweeted yeah. this. Um, 
Of course, there's spoilers about an Apple event, and it's nicer to be surprised. I think it would have been, you know, we would have been in a different mood hadn't we know anything about the iPhone X. Like the design. Imagine if the design with the ears was completely new yesterday. We would have gone crazy. Instead, we got a, we were already used to it. Um, but I also think that any Apple event is more about how Apple presents a story and presents mm-hmm. the features. And I think it was still a good show from that perspective. There's sort of a strange phenomenon, right? Phil Schiller's on stage and he is introducing things and then people are clapping, which is like a side topic, which I find super weird in press events. I know they have Apple employees there in my mind. I just hope it's all Apple employees and not people in the press applauding. But please clap. Please clap. Uh, poor Jeb. Uh, sad. He So he announces this stuff and he's rolling it out. And like everyone in the room knows it's coming, but he, he, he still announces it. Like there was no nod. It's like when the iPhone 4 was left in a bar and Gizmodo picked it up and took it apart. You know, Jobs said on stage, you know, you've seen this before, but you, you, you ain't really seen it. And and Apple has made jokes yeah. like that in the past of, you know, stop stop us if you've heard this before. There was none of that yesterday. And in, in my mind, I think it's because the leaks were so serious and like so deep. Like we knew almost everything that Apple just had, just chose for whatever reason, just to not... Mm address it whatsoever. And that that was sort of strange, right? Like, it's sort of like, there's this big elephant in the room and like, you can kind of joke about it when, you know, a, one gets left in a bar, but when an employee leaks uh, a bunch of firmware to the press, maybe it's awkward to joke about. It's a very strange dynamic, I think, played out on stage. Yeah, I think it was the right move, right? Because acknowledging it, it you know, it depends what people are doing it for. Acknowledge it in a, in a way encourages it, right? Like if, yeah, because it makes people famous. Yeah, if the two-year-old is bad, like like sometimes all the two-year-old wants is attention. And if he's throwing a tantrum to get attention, like that, you need to be careful about how you approach that situation so yep. you don't encourage that bad behavior. And I think that, I'm not calling whoever did this a two-year-old, like, but I think there are some parallels that if Apple, like Apple doing nothing about this publicly is more of a, a a voice of damnation than if they got on stage and said, yes, we had a leak and we're working to find who it is. Because then you embolden people who are tempted to do it. I think, you know, with where we are, we were doing what you were saying, Federico, with where we are today in 2017, like you can't go into these events without knowing anything anymore. And it's been that way for such a long time. And Clearly, it appears that Apple's attempts to increase secrecy are upsetting some of their employees. That's what I think has done this, personally. Um, You know, like we heard that big report about the secrecy. I can imagine many people inside of a company being really upset about being put through that and, and lashing out. Because it is kind of a very strange thing, right, to be sat down in a room and to be told off by some security officers um, and being told what to do. And I expect that there are people that are lashing out against that, which is why we're getting some really weird and involved and deep leaks from inside of Apple. Well, I mean, I mean in, you're right. And I would also add to that, that in the, current, in the current political climate in the US, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of personal revenge against, uh, you know, the direction that, for example, management and especially Tim Cook and you know, it's, it's going yeah, for with in, totally. in regards mm-hmm. to, to Apple and, you know, their, their views. Yeah. 
So, so there's, you know, there are more, maybe more reasons than ever before for people to get things out. And honestly, like this is going to be a cat and mouse game. Every time Apple plugs a hole, there will be another one, right? This is just how it's going to be. Because at the end of the day, people can just talk to people, right? Like it doesn't, the, the firmware stuff is more revealing because people, you know, can find things themselves and show evidence, but people couldn't always talk. So my feeling on this is it is a shame that we found out so much information, but when I see it, I appreciate it for what it is as exciting news and just wait for the event as normal. It's like, what what am I going to do about it? Like, I'm not going to avoid it because do you know what? Last weekend was really exciting and super weird and fun to watch in its own way. So my feeling on it is just like, appreciate it for what it is and move ahead. Do you know what I mean? Like, Last weekend was yeah. crazy, and I had so much fun chatting with you guys and reading Twitter about all the stuff that was happening because it was like, whoa, what is going on? And I still yeah. watched the event, and I still had a great time watching the event, and I was still like gasping and laughing my butt off and stuff. Like, I feel like the, the, where we are in 2017, one, like, these things come together now. Like, you've got to take one and you've got to take the other. Yeah, yeah. But uh, don't don't leak anything to Federico because he ain't never gonna do nothing with it, right, Federico? Well, I'm gonna keep it to myself. Yeah, you keep uh, it to yourself. You you know that that's the way to do it. You know, just know the knowledge, know that you I'm know. A, I'm a I'm just saying I'm a good receiver of You're like the a leaks. vault. That's right. All. It just goes in and you lock <laughs> it in the vault and it stays there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly. It. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at. Hover. Oh, Hover. We love Hover. Hover are awesome. Hover can help you build your online identity because it's never been more important. This continues to get more and more important. You want to have an identity that you can express online. And a domain name is something that's so important because it shows the world who you are and what you're passionate about. Relay.fm. That is the brand of our company. Relay.fm. Right? Like that is the URL. That is our name. We are Relay.fm. Our domain name and our company name, they're tied together. And that's purposeful. We we added an FM to the name of our company because we wanted a .fm domain name. Those two things went together. We have our .fm domain name hosted at Hover. They hold on to it. They keep on to it. They are the good guardians of our domain name. And I do this for myself. I have MikeWasRight.com because that's part of my online identity uh, for good and for worse. And I went to Hover and registered it. This, like Domain names are serious, but they can also be fun. And they do show who you are. They are part of who you are online. And the great thing about Hover is that they allow you to keep your domain separate from your hosting. You never have to get stuck with a service that doesn't meet your needs. You can move it around and you can take, find what works for you. They have no upsells and a clean user interface. And you also get free who is privacy so bad guys don't get your information. If you want to show the world what you're passionate about, Hover is there to help you make that first step. Go to hover.com slash connected and you'll get 10% off your first purchase. That is hover.com slash connected for 10% off your first purchase. Thank you to Hover for their support of this show. iOS stories. I still own that one, I think. Where does that go now? <laughs> iOSstories.com? Let's see. Uh, where does it go? Nowhere. Maybe I have .net. I guess it's .net, right? Like still goes to michaelswright.com, yeah. I registered that um, wow. at the App Camp for Girls meetup in WWDC two years ago uh, as a joke for Federico. <laughs> 
One day I'll put it where it needs to go if I remember. All right, should we talk Thanks. about the event, Stephen? Over to you. Yes, let's talk about the event. We like to start with meta comments. So that's where we're going to go first. It's first time on Apple Park. First time in the Steve Jobs Theater. The event opens with uh, a really nice video of the, the park and the theater and all these wonderful glass buildings. I will insert a comment here that if you have not listened to or don't normally listen to Upgrade with Jason and Mike, you definitely should because Jason was there and talks a lot about just the the process of being on campus and how the theater was. I found all that stuff endlessly interesting. We're going to go there next year, right? We're going to take a, yeah. a trip, right? During take the WWDC? Absolutely. It it seems like it went off without a hitch. Like there's no reports and press of, you know, people being locked in bathrooms or, you know, the power not working in their chairs. Seems like everything worked. So that's, uh, that's well, maybe good. they're still locked away, right? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I did see press posting pictures of the bathrooms, which I have just, there were no handles on with. the doors, which people were complaining about, but like, yeah, I don't, you know, if you can't find a handle for a door, push the door. I mean, I don't really yeah, know how your, difficult that put is. Your, but. Put your back into it. Come on. Yeah. Use some elbow grease. Yeah. The Use your iPhone, your giant iPhone Plus to leverage it open. Just smash it open. That's good. That's what, that's what Johnny Ive wants. The, the event opens, of course, it's the first time at Steve Jobs Theater. It opened with what I thought was just a really uh, heartwarming oh, dedication yeah. it, of the theater to, to Steve Jobs. It hit me, man. Yeah, so the it opens. If, if you haven't watched the video, you should definitely watch it. The, there's it just says Steve Jobs Theater on the screen, and there is a voiceover from Steve talking about the passion he has for making things and infusing that passion into Apple. And as long as Apple keeps that first, Apple will be okay. Um, it's it was it was actually like very sobering because the the theater was dark. It's just the white text. You don't see any pictures of Steve during this time. Do you know where that came from? You know, I tried finding it. So it sounds, it doesn't sound like it's recorded at the very end of his life. I don't really know where it's from and I, I couldn't really find it. So the audio quality to me sounded like an older clip. Yeah. Right. Like it wasn't something maybe, it was maybe recorded, I don't know, like 20 years ago or something. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't sound like it mm-hmm. was super new, as new as it could have yeah. been anyway. Uh, so if you, listener, if you know, is that, if that's from a speech or an interview or something, I would really like to know. So uh, let us know. Um, Tim comes out, His one of his first lines is, and this felt super, super genuine from him, was, uh, I I miss hearing his voice. Like, yeah. And like, like, I get it, right? Like, even part of my brain now is like, he's a CEO of a company, you, you'd never met him. But like, a lot of us looked up to Steve and still have feelings about about him and his work. And as much as the three of us feel that way, and if it's cheesy or not, it's kind of not my point. Like Tim Cook and these guys, like all this executive team, they work with him for decades. Like I can't, I still imagine it's very raw for them moving into a campus that was Steve's last work, uh, running a company that is Steve's biggest product. And it just, it was really nice. Um, uh, Steve's widow was there. Um, in the, I think I think in the front row, like it was just a very like very nice like Apple family moment. I uh, had some pictures of Steve talking about his life, talking about how Apple Park was his his vision for the future of the company, and like he wanted you know developers and designers to work together, and like so you know Steve Jobs came up with the open floor plan. I guess we can blame him, but 
all of this just really nice stuff. We're not going to see this every time. This is a, you have to dedicate the theater to who you named it after. Um, and I think it was just, it was an incredible way to open it. And even the transition was, you know, Steve loved days like this where we get to announce new products and we have a bunch of new products. Like they even handled that transition out of it, I think, yep. really gracefully. Yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah, it was really good. Yeah, it was. It was really nice. Not everything was awesome. So there's a link. We have a link in the show notes to uh, an article on The Verge. They were keeping tally, as I think a lot of us were. The uh, the gender ratio this time was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about this after every event. Apple seems to do better at WWDC because there's more opportunity for more people on stage than events like this. But um, it, it was basically all white dudes this time. Uh, yeah. Angela uh, had a had a uh, had a section at the beginning talk about retail, but after that, it was it was just dudes. Yeah, it's a shame they they had a couple of like um, cameo moments, like Deirdre yeah. on the paddleboard. Which was like the best. We're gonna get to so it. That good. was one of the best demos Apple's done since but, um, since Phil Schiller jumped out of a window. But that yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. And I feel like they do some of that stuff to like attempt to try and balance it out. But that, for me, only points out the fact that they're not doing a good job in general. You, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like yeah. sometimes they're trying to compensate. But by doing that, they only serve to continue to highlight the fact that one, all of their executives are men. And two, that they only have those executives come out on stage to demo the products. Like it's it's mm-hmm. peculiar. Like, does Eddie Q re- like really need to come out to demo Apple TV? Like, does he need to do that? No. Like, no. I don't know I, if it I, actually I, has to be him. Um. So yeah, this is something that I own. I mean, all of us only hope we'll just could, we'll get better. But it's still a shame that we have to talk about this all the time. Yeah, because and it's yeah. and it's a it's a shame that it's predictable. Like, yeah, going into yeah. this that the fall events because they're smaller. And Apple, I mean, I get it. Like Phil Schiller is going to be on stage to talk about the iPhone. I don't have a problem with that. But if you have opportunities for other players to come in, you should take that. And like you said, like Eddie Q is the perfect example. Like Eddie's who he is. And, you know, he he did, he did a good job this time. But is there someone on the Apple TV team who, you know, has, A, has more ownership over the product than he does, right? Because Apple doesn't just pick somebody because of their gender or race to put them on stage. It's somebody who is over that product or who is involved in it, right? They just don't randomly pick to meet a number. And that's important to them. Like, is was there somebody there? Is there somebody on that, that leadership team that could do that? Um, I don't know. But I, I, I hope that they hope that they do better than this. This is not, a, 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 not a, a stroke in the wind column for me. Mm-hmm. So what else? Uh, Big Apple retail section. Um, I don't think there's anything particularly new in there. They talked about how they're calling their fancy stores town halls, which is like my eyes rolled so hard they fell out the back of my head. Teacher, you going to Milan to watch a movie? I'm going to the Milan Town Square uh, for movie yes. night. Instead of you know watching a movie at my my house, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the Apple Town Square. I think it's for. I mean the the stores and the locations look fantastic and i'm pretty sure that the one in piazza liberty in milan will be amazing I'm there's sure. just a tone of like i don't know pretentiousness maybe yes. luxury man like it's luxury it's, it's what like it is. it's a, it's like yes it's a very i mean the apple stores are amazing but like it's a store and yeah. like people 
they have this idea of the people like to hang out at the Apple store and maybe, you know, there's uh, there's some element of that when you consider the cultural events with like today at Apple and that kind of stuff. But in practice, people go to the Apple store when their iPhone screen is broken and when they need to buy, you know, a new lightning cable and stuff like that. I, I don't see that um, beautiful image of, you know... Uh, couples sharing a day at the t- Apple Town Square and children smiling and running around as the ge- as the Genius Grove is, you know, filling up with people. I just don't see that. It's not a park. It's an Apple store. <laughs> you know? Like, they're making this more romantic than it should be. That's all I'm yeah, saying. It's like they can embrace the fact that people do go there and they just want to look around and stuff like that. But sure, it's like, sure. you know... It's like if, if if I want to spend quality time with my girlfriend, I'm not going to the Apple store. Like, make the nice stores. Like, yeah, make the nice stores because they're sure. amazing. But just understand what they are. They're not community spaces. Right? They're not. Yeah. They're still stores. Even if you have events, it's just a store that has events in it. Yeah. Right? Like, if they actually build something that you cannot buy anything in, then fine. Right? Which is not unheard of like not 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 unheard of, but it's not like a thing you could never imagine right because it could just be like a big marketing thing but if you can buy something in there it's a store right it, you know mm-hmm. wait come on guys come on so so what you're saying is i should cancel my family trip to my, my Apple yeah, town hall yeah you should i'm sorry mm. i'm really sorry yeah yeah, imagine that. It's, for example, for my, for my birthday, instead of organizing, I don't know, a dinner at a fancy yeah. restaurant at the beach, I'm just going to say to my friends, hey, guys, let's, uh, my, my birthday party is going to be at the Apple Town I'll, Square. I'll meet you at Apple, <laughs> right? Isn't that the line we're supposed to say? I'll meet you at Apple. I'll meet, meet you at Apple. Apple. <laughs> I mean, so you can buy me my birthday gift directly. That, yeah, <laughs> that's what we're going to do for Mike's bachelor party. To scrap what yeah. else we're working on. We're, gonna do, we're just going to uh, go to the Apple. At Apple. Go to the, go to the, the Apple. Yeah. Yeah. Go to Apple mm-hmm. Town Square, uh, see, somewhere in America. You, yeah, see you at Apple, everybody. Yeah. Okay, it's gonna I mean, be great. Uh, I was a little surprised by the retail section. We haven't seen one in a while, and I figured there's a lot of stuff to talk about in this event because I don't think there's going to be a second fall event. Uh, I started to doubt myself once we were into retail. I was like, oh, are they pushing this so they can push something else to October? I don't. I don't think that's the case. I still think we're only seeing one event. Uh, maybe they just want to talk about their new stores. But um, it was it's good to see. I think I think um, I think it was an informative section, but just a little unexpected in such a busy busy morning. Talking about busy, there were three iPhones. Yes. Uh, should Crazy. we talk about the eights quickly? I mean, really? Yeah, quickly, why not? Right? Like, no one cares about the eight. We should talk about them though. Come on, we can't not talk yeah. about no, them. No, and I'm mocking. I, so I I I am I'm, I'm mocking the the eight a little bit. I think the. If you are a consumer, you probably if if you're this person, you're probably not listening to this show. But if if you upgrade your phone every two or three years, the eight or eight plus is going to be awesome. I've got a couple yeah. of friends. You know, I'm sure y'all are like this on iPhone Day. Everyone in your life texts you to be like, "What should I buy?" Mm-hmm. Um, like I went to a thing last night with like five or six friends, and they were all like, "This is what we talked about the first twenty minutes." Those <laughs> are new iPhones, but um, the. I think if you know if you're that sort of user, like I've got friends who have you know an iPhone six or a six S, they're going to go to an eight, and it's going to be an awesome upgrade, and they don't want to spend the money for the ten, which is totally understandable. So the eight is an important phone. I think it is 
overshadowed in the enthusiast circle, but we have to remember that we're like the king of the enthusiast circle. Like, of course, we're all doing the 10. But for a lot of consumers, the 10 is just like a crazy thing Apple did at the top of the line, like uh-huh. the gold Apple Watch was. And it's so the expensive. A&A Plus it's silly. New. It's just silly, yeah. silly. It's exactly. Silly, and that's what basically everyone last night said. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, you know, I'm sure they were all judging me because they know I'm going to buy it. But um, yeah, but, I but think also, gr- like, the, the again, I do need to say, like, the Jet, Black, the Jet Black Plus, silly, silly expensive, right? They're silly expensive, these yes. phones. The, the Plus phones were very expensive. The 10 is very expensive. I just want to say something super quick. Maybe someone can help okay. diagnose this for me. But I think Apple's product pages give me motion sickness. Hmm. Like huh. the scrolling, I get so uncomfortable with the scrolling on these on these pages, like the iPhone pages. That's a good one. I hate the where they hijack your scroll. It like makes they did it me with feel the Mac ill, page. and I don't know what it yeah. is. I don't have motion sickness. I've never had motion sickness before. So you feel how I feel when I look at the. Uh, I think it the, the, the promotion iPads. Promo- I feel yeah, I can't physically promotion. uncomfortable scrolling these pages. That, like that's because you know how much money you're going to spend. But I'm looking at the iPhone your, 8 right now. I mean, oh, I, I really don't like it. Like, I'm scrolling. I have to, like, look uh, away when I scroll. A, there's a lot of moving elements. It's not just, like, the initial animation. It's like, as you scroll, every single section has some moving parts. Yeah. And, and also they move it in different directions. It doesn't scroll as smoothly as I think it should. And I think that might no. be part of it as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's a bit yeah. a bit jittery because it's such a heavy web page, I expect. Yeah. They're very yeah, beautiful, but they jittery. make me sick. I tried it in Safari, too, on my iPad, and I had the exact same problem. Because mm. I figured, oh, maybe Chrome isn't rendering this correctly. Um, right. Because that has happened in the past, but it doesn't seem to be the case. But anyway, the uh, the eight <laughs> the the eight is a really I think it's a really good looking phone. I like the gloss, right? I, I like the return of the gloss. Um, I do really like the uh, the the new gold color, which it seems to be a mix between rose gold and gold. Like it seems to be something kind of in between yeah. those. I, w- I was watching some hands on videos this morning. It seems very subtle. Like yeah. it is. I like it. Um, I think. The video watch called it like a sandblasted look almost. Like it's like it was colorful and they stripped the color back somehow. Like it, it looks it looks really nice in the renders, but very subtle, I think, in person. It almost looks like there's some yeah, there is like some kind of color on the back of it which is not white and you know, it looks really nice. Mm-hmm. There's like this goldy color and then the aluminium is like a gold color. Um and the phone itself, it's it's good, right? Like it's got the wireless charging in it, which I wouldn't have expected. Um, it's you know it's got all the features that we expect. It's got a these new portrait mode features, right? This lighting stuff. Is this just uh, for the new phones? A, hold on a second. All uh, right. It's also got a it's also got a the standard power adapter, which is a shame that Apple is still yes. putting this one in the box. Of course, it's got the earpods. It doesn't have the earpods. It's gonna be a long time, I think, before we get the earpods in the box. And it's got the lightning jack to lightning to headphone jack adapter. So that's still a thing. Yeah. Um, that comes in the box so, with the X. Oh, the X. Here we go. With the 10, too. Oh, no. It comes in yeah. the box. We'll get to that. It comes in the box with the 10, the little adapter thing, yeah. which I'm really surprised they put it in there. I'm, I'm just really annoyed that these phones support fast charging and then Apple is still upselling you on the USB mm. chi- USB-C charger, which should be the correct one to give yep. to people. But yeah, anyway... Yeah, it does. What's uh, the, the fast charging one? It does what? Like 50% in 30 50, minutes or something? 
50% in 30 minutes thanks to USB-C power delivery, which is obviously has been built into the Lightning controller. So now you can take advantage of any USB-C brick that has power delivery built in and you can fast charge your iPhone just like you can do roughly the same with the iPad Pro and USB-C. I will say that that's nowhere near what Android phones can do. Like with the USB-C yeah. stuff, they charge so much faster than that. So maybe yeah. that's mm-hmm. why they're not heavily promoting it yet because it's not really fast charging. Yeah. It's faster uh, yeah. charging. It's fa- fa- yeah, faster. I was asking about the portrait mode, right? Um, so you get it on the iPhone 8 Plus also. Well, but you don't get it on the 7 Plus, right? They're not yeah. adding these things to the 7 no. Plus, even though they yeah. seem to just be software, right? This seems to yeah. be a software feature for that phone. But I think it's in the sensors that they're using for oh, really? the new dual dual cameras. Okay. Um, so I, I think that's the reason. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that Apple is artificially... Uh, I don't think it's know, a problem. I don't think it's limited, a problem. Limiting a feature, even if older hardware would be perfectly capable you gotta, of you got to sell it. your product, right? Like, you've got to do that. And sometimes yeah. it's a, the combo of software and hardware that you sell. No, but I mean, it gets especially obvious when stuff like the first gen 12.9-inch iPad Pro, if you just change a couple of lines in the iOS 11 firmware, you can use three apps at once, but Apple yeah. is artificially limiting the feature so that it only works on the second gen 12.9-inch iPad Pro. Uh, but I think in this case, for the portrait lining effects, I think it's down to the sensors in the camera. It's not just like marketing making a decision that, no, this feature must be on the on the new phone. I think it's mm-hmm. actually in the sensor. So, so we can move on to the 10. I think my feeling on uh, this is... I got, I got. I got one right, more thing go on, on the eight go on, and eight go plus. On. I think it's great that Apple is using the same system on a chip in all of these phones. That, like, if if the ten didn't exist, the eight and eight plus is still a huge upgrade in performance over the seven and seven plus. Like, yep. I I I was I was hoping for this, but I was a little nervous, right? That this would get say the the A eleven and then the 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 high-end phone will get like the the X version of it, right? It's like faster GPU or something. But the silicone is the same in in all of these phones. And it means they're going to age better. They're going to age more appropriately for a high-end phone. You know, this is, if it weren't for the 10, this would be the flagship. And it, it has all the the power we expect in a flagship upgrade year over year. And that that was encouraging to me that Apple is taking this phone seriously. Yeah, I would say that if... If you have upgraded, right, like any time during this iPhone 6 body generation of phones that we've had, you will be as happy upgrading to this phone probably as you've been upgrading to any others because... I think so. It is a similar kind of bump that of, that we've had over the last couple of years, right? It looks the same, the cameras are better, and it has some other cool features. Um, you know, you get wireless charging, everything's faster, right? Like it's true tone. It feels like that. True tone. Actually, yeah. like the the seven to the eight feels better than the six S to the seven. Yeah. And <laughs> for sure. I, I think right. I think this is um quite possibly for this design, like this iPhone six era design, this is as good as it gets. Right. So yeah, I this mean, is it. This is the ultimate design of that. This is this is how good uh, that is gonna get, right? Like that is I as think good so. as it will get. Um, I, think I think that they so. have managed that. I think adding glass back into that phone is going to make it look really fancy again, you know, like in a, in a new way. Um, mm. But let's talk about the 10. All right, just super quick. I keep saying X in my head. I can't <laughs> yeah, help too. it. I can't help it because it says it right there, right? Like it says yeah. X. So I just keep saying X 
Uh, because honestly, like personally, just I prefer X. I think it's cool in a weird way. Um, I get why they've done 10. Uh, I get it. But I, I do personally wish that they called it X. And I will, I will accidentally call this the iPhone X in a way that I never called it Mac OS X. Yeah, um, me, total, totally, totally the same problem. Yes. I'm going to um, do this. I'm going to do it all the time. I was having a conversation with Stephen Travelsmith yesterday uh, over iMessage. And, and he, was, he was telling me, look, they're going to call it the iPhone 10 because it's tomorrow's iPhone today. And I was like, sure, sure, it's a beautiful idea, but iPhone X just sounds cool. And they cannot possibly do the iPhone 8 and the iPhone 10 on, in the same year. And I was so certain they were not going to do the 10. Um, and I was so surprised when they actually said iPhone 10. Like, I, literally, I couldn't believe it that they, they actually went there. Uh, I was so sold on the idea, oh, they're going to do the iPhone X. So it sounds futuristic, it sounds cool, and it's a chance for them to reset the numbering. So next year, they're going to do iPhone X2 and iPhone X3 and iPhone X4, you know? Uh, and, and they just went in, a, in the opposite direction. And They've I already understand- solved this. this. This is a solved problem. It's going to be 10.1 no. <laughs> and then 10.2 no. Jaguar and no. 10.3 Panther. No. Oh, Let's God. bring the big cat names back. Time is a flat circle. It really is. If yeah. I was going to make a super early prediction that I shouldn't make, um, oh no! I think that next year we get nine and eleven, and then twelve. No. They have two models. I don't think there's going to be a plus version next year. I think they're going to make an iPhone nine. <laughs> I don't think okay. they're going. I don't think that between now and then they're going to be able to make a bigger phone in this form factor. I just don't think it's going to happen. So. They're not just going to have one phone for sale, which costs a thousand dollars. I think that they'll make another version of the current design, and then they'll make another one of this new ten design. But it will be the iPhone eleven, and then there will be an iPhone nine. I, I, I just, as we stand here today, I don't believe that they will be able to make what is essentially the plus version of this phone within a year. I don't think they're going to be able to do it. Because they seem to have struggled to put this one out, right? Like, it seems like it's going to be constrained. It seems like it was difficult for them to make, right? Like, if you you are to believe anything that you are to believe, then that would be the case. Because I can tell you, there is no way Apple wanted this phone to ship in November. Like, why would they want to do that? They want it to ship now, right? Like, why why would you do that? Why would you want it in November? You want to have it immediately for everyone, right? That's the whole point of doing the event. Like you have it available for pre for like for pre-ordering in a week, and you sell it the week after that, right? But they're not doing that. I, I really think that we're going to see an, a nine next year, and I think per- personally, I think that's probably why they went with calling it ten and nothing else because it's in the line, but it's in the future, and that they're still mm. going to backfill up until this point. Yeah, the idea of selling the phone from the future today is. The perfect excuse to, uh, you know, to to make it a more expensive yep. phone because you're paying for the future, and you know, God knows what the future costs. So yeah. it's okay for Apple to charge you <laughs> over a thousand dollars for this. In the future, a thousand dollars isn't <laughs> worth what it's worth now. You know, you know, in the future, money loses all meaning. So inflation, you know, <laughs> they're just charging inflation. <laughs> <laughs> they're preemptively uh, charging for inflation in the markets. Makes sense. So, um, yeah, um, I, I was just surprised because I, 
and we go back to this discussion on on the leaks and the rumors. Um, uh, unlike macOS 10, which macOS 10 was already a thing when I came into the Apple ecosystem, so I had to learn the correct pronunciation exactly. of macOS 10. Yes, as I was learning the the Apple world, but the iPhone 10 and iPhone X, it was a rumor that I convinced myself in my mind before the event there was going to be the correct naming. And now it's going to be, I mean, maybe in a month, we're not going to talk about this anymore, but I'm already hearing people. I mean, my mother called me a couple of hours ago. She was like, so what about the iPhone X? Um, and, and, I, and I thought, you know, this is going to be a problem. Everybody's going to call it the iPhone X. Whenever, um, I think it was Tim that said the name. Whoever it was that said the name, when they said ten, I was like, "No, I, I was yeah, why? Yeah, I think, why did you I do think, this to me?" Yeah, I <laughs> like I don't dislike the- it. I don't dislike <laughs> that it's ten, but my brain was already set on X. Like, yeah, it's, you mean it's the, done. I- the iPhone, the iPhone Tim, like the iPhone, like Tim would say, <laughs> the iPhone Tim, <laughs> the Tim phone. Uh, yeah, okay, right. Should we just should we should we just get off the get off this? Stop talking about it. Should we just stop talking about the number? Okay, it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful it's phone. So it's beautiful. Amazing. Oh my god, I want it <laughs> yeah. so bad. I want it so bad. Like, just give it to me right now. Like, I, I'm so sold on this. I know. I know many people have many problems. We'll talk about some of those many problems. I don't see them. I just see this beautiful thing that I want, that I want so bad. And right, like, I feel like we should probably just address this right now. Obviously, all of us are not getting the eight plus. <laughs> right nope. so like plus club is over hashtag plus club is dead for now, now it's we're the, gonna put it on a shelf no it's now it's mm. uh now it's the x club i've thought about x crew <laughs> hashtag x crew uh it's the new uh, yeah because i don't want to go for club because yeah. we already had a club i feel like we should be a crew now so i'm going with hashtag <laughs> x crew. we should be well, maybe we should be a fam, you know? The we X-Fam? Be a no, I don't like that so much. <laughs> the <I>, X-Fam. <laughs> personally, I'm going with X-Crew, hashtag X-Crew, to replace the Plus Club. Mm. The thing is, right, and people have been asking me this already, about like, oh, obviously you're going to stick with the Plus because you love the Plus so much. The idea of, like, Plus Club was never about just, I want to have a big phone. Like, for me... You guys can chime in too. It was about I want the best phone, and I yes. believed personally yep. the plus to be the best phone, and it's not anymore. The ten is better, and it's gonna take some time for us, for all plus users, to like to get used to this new phone, right? Because it's it seems like it's a compact design uh, in UI. Obviously, the keyboard is gonna be smaller. The screen is still big, but it's big in a different way, right? Like it's tall, not wide. Which I I still think that I will get what mostly what i want which is good battery life it looks like it's probably got like plus level battery life because it's what did i say two hours more than the seven so the battery life yes. is going to be fine um and i'm going to get the two cameras which i really love and they're even better right because they're both optically image stabilized that was a terrible way to say that but you know what i'm trying to say um and you get a screen where i can see a ton of stuff on it and that's kind of all i really want this is going to be the best phone, so I'm going to move to it. And then as soon as Apple make another one and they make it bigger, that will probably be better. And then I'll move back to that one, right? Yeah, that that's basically my plan. Uh, stick with the with the ten as long as they make just one version. And whenever there's a bigger model, upgrade to that because I'm sure the screen on that phone is going to be glorious. Like, be like six and a half inches or something. Yeah, imagine like a plus with no bezel. I mm. mean, that that would be amazing. 
So the two yeah. of you feel confident that there's a plus version of this new phone coming at some point. Yeah, because I imagine they won't continue making the iPhone 6 design forever, and they won't sell just one phone. Hmm. This is why I think there'll be a 9. There will always be more than one phone. Maybe. Uh, I'm torn on, on that. Uh, I think maybe there's part of this that feels like... Uh, I want there to be a bigger phone. Let me just state my preference before I say what I'm getting ready to say. But I can look at this phone and I could see the argument of saying this gives you the best of both the regular and the plus. So we just what we used to do with two phones, because we had to, we can do with one phone now with this new technology. So I think that you are right for now in the same way that the screen was as big as we needed before there was a plus. Right? Like the argument of like, oh, why would we have a big screen like those silly Android phones? I think it's the same kind of thing. It's just a reset. And after this becomes the norm, we'll want a bigger screen again. But I think we're we're thinking ahead of ourselves here. Uh, let's let's talk about the let's talk about the notch, uh, mm. or as Apple calls it, the sensor housing. A small, <laughs> it's called the sensor a small place uh, where the sensors are placed in the device. So um, all the folks that were saying Apple should embra- embrace the notch were right. Apple is most definitely embracing the notch and actually they have put out updated developer guidelines. Uh, they- they've even refreshed the WWDC app and developer portal with new videos and new guidelines. And they're explicitly telling developers do not place black bars at the top to hide the corners, the rounded corners of the display. Do not place a black bar at the bottom to hide the home indicator. You should take advantage of the full screen of the iPhone 10. So happy. And you're, y- yes, and I agree because I think it's one of the those cases, you know, when Johnny Ive says it's the purest expression of, I think this is totally correct. I think this is not marketing, this is true. Um, I don't understand. Oh, actually, I do understand, and I have some ideas. But the developers uh, and the designers, will, you know, on Twitter, if you scroll Twitter, especially what I call design Twitter, uh, there's a trend right now going on of uh, designers um, posting mock-ups of what an iPhone X with black bars will look like, and yeah, that it's it will like, look oh, better. it would be so wonderful. No. No, 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 not at all. No, no, <laughs> because, because it's on principle. I don't yeah. want a screen that I'm paying for to be cut off. I want all exactly. of it. I'm buying yes. this screen, God darn it, and I want to use all <laughs> of that screen. <laughs> right? Like, and also, it oh, just looks is, so much... I don't know. I don't know. It don't, just no. looks more... It just looks more futuristic. And yes. I think, it, I think it goes back to um, a fraction of the design community that... L- l- sort of looks back at the days of iOS 6 and iOS 5, the old Apple design, thinking that it still looks better than iOS 11, which I totally don't understand, but, you know, everyone has different tastes. But I do believe that embracing the notch and having a full-screen app design on the iPhone X looks so much better than faking a black status bar at the top. I think... The black status bar makes sense for some types of applications like photo editing apps, for example, where you want a more, you know, maybe a a more constrained space, like uh, you don't want to have any distractions on on top of the app. So it makes more sense for some apps, but in general, I think it looks so much better and so much... It's just so cool when you look at the and the entire app UI that extends to the towards the the top of the of the iPhone 10. I and 
I think Apple is right here. It's also really funny to me that like a lot of criticisms right now is how bad everything looks in landscape. It's as if nobody's ever used land- a landscape iPhone before. It's always looked terrible, mm. everyone. Like it's a yeah. It's al- you it's, don't know this because been- you you also are diametrically opposed to having a plus phone. Yeah, landscape so, um, iPhones. It's just not. No one uses it because it sucks, right? Like because it's just not mm-hmm. right. It's just not built right. Like <laughs> it, it, you know, I've used it every now and then, but everything's kind of awkward. Right, like it's yes. never it's, been it's a good always, experience. It's always been kind of terrible and kind of like an afterthought. It wasn't really the primary way of interacting with the phone. Even on the Plus, you can tell yeah. it's an afterthought. Nobody builds um, stuff right for it because nobody uses it, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, right, like saying how bad everything looks in landscape because of the notch. At that point, in my opinion, you're just looking for something. You're yeah. looking for a yeah. criticism to make, which is totally fine because you know what? You don't have to like it. But I do. Uh, yeah. I mean, my problem with a lot of this sort of stuff is like, and this is just this is just a problem with the internet where people just state something like it's a fact, right? Like, <laughs> like your yes. your opinion is not fact. All of the stuff <laughs> that I'm saying right now, it's my opinion. My opinion is all of this. But like, I know it can be super difficult to state this stuff about context, especially on Twitter. But it's just you know anything just rub you up the wrong way, and that's one of them for me. It's like this, this is a fact that I'm stating. My fact is based upon my opinion. Mm, these are not. These, I, I, th- these are not I think I, Mike. I think you you in general have a problem with um, some type of memes from the Apple community. Yeah, like some. Mm-hmm. I really do. I have uh, shared yep, uh, beliefs. Of, uh huh. <laughs> or like just shared phrases. Uh, terms, uh, anything really. I yeah. have lots of, just lots of problems. Lots of them. <laughs> you have lots of problems? I have lots and lots of problems. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I, I mean, I can live with them. Uh, the problem is everybody else has to as well because you have to listen to me talk about it. So anyway, the notch. Um, you now have two Batman ears on the top of the phone. <laughs> Do you know what's so the... great about that, Federico? I love you so much, but it, to me it sounded like you said Batman, and I was like, oh, hang on a second. We, <laughs> got, we got, ba- a bad bad here, huh? <laughs> got a Batman in here, huh? You got a Batman. Um, so from the, from the right, from the right side, so the, they are kind of interactive in that you can swipe down from them, and the features that they activate have been split in two. So the right side opens the new control center, which doesn't come up from the bottom anymore. It comes down from the top, kind of like an Android phone. And the left side, it goes to the cover sheet, which is the new notification center slash mm-hmm. lock screen of iOS 11. And you can um, swipe down in the middle of the screen, as always, to access Spotlight, MKBHD. Yeah. Uh, very thankfully cleared that one up for me. I have a lot of, I have a lot of thoughts before we move on from this, 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 very, this very thing. Uh-huh. I just want to say that for Control Center, I was hoping, I was maybe thinking slash hoping that Apple would integrate Control Center with the app switcher, like on the iPad. I think this looks kind of weird because I have never, I mean, it's going to take a while in terms of muscle memory to think that my flashlight, I now need to swipe from the top of the phone. It's also maybe going to be more difficult to access. No, I don't the know. the flashlight's on the, ho- on the locked home screen. I know, I know it's also on the locked home screen, so then maybe it's not a problem. What about music playback or like the other shortcuts? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, well, hopefully it would be showed there, right? If you're playing something already. I think I, I will get used to it anyway. It's not going to be a deal breaker. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be strange initially. 
Yeah, I think one of the reasons they did that is just because I can't imagine how they would have fit all of that on one screen, like the multitasking and the control center. Because I bet you'd always be swiping the wrong way. It's like the card thing again. You'd always be swiping and you're either looking for one or the other and which one does it show you? So at least with the control center as it's going to be, whilst it's a place to get used to, it's a dedicated place that it always is and you will always get it. You know what I mean? Mm. But yeah. So on in January 2016, actually on my birthday that year, oddly enough, I wrote what has to be the most unpopular thing I've ever published. Um, All right. Mainly because Gruber called it out. He disagreed with it. So I, I got emails for months. People telling me I was stupid. Oh. Talking about combining control center and notification center. Now, this is obviously now, you know, a year and a half ago. So it's an older system, control center and notification center are different now, right? With cover sheet, I guess. But it is, I think, inherently odd that you you pull down from the the left bad man ear to get one thing, <laughs> and you get another thing when you go right. And and I don't know, like, I don't know if the solution is combining them or if it is, you know, if you pull down and you swipe one direction, you get widgets, but you swipe the other way, you get control center. Like, it just feels very disjointed right now. And and maybe it. You know, it, I, I'm sure this is not the case, but it feels a little bit like they designed this phone and they figured out, then they realized they had to retrofit control center into it. And it feels a little, a little hacky to have one thing on one side and one on the other. Uh, and then spotlight is a third thing. Like why can't spotlight live in some other place? Like it just, it feels like there's a lot going on with the gestures on this phone. We haven't even well, gotten to, to, when you go home, you swipe up and those animations are weird too. Like there's a lot going on. There's a lot to remember. And I'm sure we will all adjust, right? That's that's not my my problem. We will all adjust to it. But it feels like there's a lot going on and and it's a little disappointing that they didn't take the opportunity to, to readdress some of the stuff and, and combine them somehow like they did on the iPad. The iPad, for all of its pros and cons of the new multitasking system, having your multitasking and your control center together is actually pretty nice because you just have like this dashboard view of all the things you can do. And the iPhone doesn't have that. And on the iPhone 10, it's, it's even more, more fragmented than it was before. I'm happy with it though. I, I, I mean, I'll, <laughs> I'm, I want to use it, but this makes sense to me because it's persistent. Like, the things that, that you were just recommending there, Stephen, it's the same problem I have with the current control center, right? Like combining it with widgets, it's like the, the, the idea of swiping and I never feel like I've got what I want and I ne- can never yeah. remember which way I need to swipe. Like oh, yeah, I, no, and I'm not, I'm not saying that I have the answer. This is a hard problem. Like, yeah. This is uh, a complicated thing, but I, I'm not... Sh- like what they did is probably the... Even though there's a lot of gestures, it's probably the simplest from your perspective, right? That you're, you don't have to mode switch once you've entered a new area of the UI. But it, I don't feel like they've quite hit it. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the separation of the two sides, of course, makes it easier and makes it possible to do this kind of multiple gestures. Because you know left is one thing and right is another. It would have been stranger if there was like an invisible separator between them. So I think the ears actually make this possible, make make this better. Uh, I do wonder, I, I'm just curious, like technically speaking, and maybe I should I should have checked in the simulator in Xcode, but if you're using a live, uh, left-to-right language, uh, does the 
the functionality reverse, like the left side becomes control center and the right side becomes the cover sheet. I think so, because the entire uh, UI kit should be flipped. So that's interesting. Um, I, I do wanted to ask you guys, do you think there will be a time in the, let's say, next three years? So by, say, 2020, are we going to see an iPhone 10 like phone without the notch? I think that that is the ultimate goal. Yeah. So to keep making that smaller and smaller until it's gone. That's how you take this phone to its end. But they're not close to that yet. Because there's so much technology that has to be crammed into that thing. And I think the goal will be how do we get it all under the screen? Yeah, if you look at the the their on one of their many confusing product pages, there's a a graphic of everything in that notch, and I agree with you. Like, there's so a ton of things. stuff in there, yeah. and it is cram packed. It's actually probably a little surprising as it's as small as it is now. I do think ultimately, the Federico, you're right that they will get there. It, is it in three years? I, I don't know, but I do think ultimately that's where they want it to to be. And if they get rid of the notch, and then they get rid of the bad man ears, then they <laughs> run into the problem that we have <laughs> this is my discussing. favorite this is my absolute favorite the bad man is <laughs> <laughs> you, guys, you, guys, you guys are terrible with me it only took us three years to get back to time of coalescing only, th- <laughs> only three years oh man remember that yeah that that's, was a this long is the new time one. ago all right, yeah. let's let's take a break uh, I want to talk okay. about Blue Apron they're also helping to support this week's episode Blue Apron are the number one recipe delivery service with the freshest ingredients. Their mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone while supporting a more sustainable food system. They do this by setting incredibly high standards for their ingredients, by sending you just the right amount of ingredients that you need to reduce food waste, and by also including step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe cards in the box. Their meals cost less than $10 each, uh, and Blue Apron will deliver to your home seasonal Seasonal recipes with fresh, high-quality ingredients to let you make amazing, delicious home-cooked meals in 40 minutes or less every day. Blue Apron has a freshness guarantee. That means if something is bad, if there is something wrong with any of the ingredients, it's not ready to cook when it arrives, they will make it right for you. Blue Apron has an incredible selection of food. You can choose from new recipes every week or let their culinary team surprise you. Right now, you can cook meals like summer vegetable and egg paninis with Calabrian chili mayonnaise and caprese salad, or maybe even skillet vegetable chili with cornmeal and cheddar drop biscuits. Oh, man. I just, I want to eat so bad right now, and all of these meals sound so good. Also, with Blue Apron, whilst you're following along with these recipes, I can almost guarantee you that you are going to pick up new cooking skills that you didn't know you had, that you'll be able to turn to any meal that you cook for yourself. There's no weekly commitment for Blue Apron. You'll get these deliveries just when you want them. Check out this week's menu and get three meals for free with your first purchase, including free shipping, by going to blueapron.com slash connected you will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home cooked meals with blue apron so get started today by going to blueapron.com slash connected we'd like to thank blue apron for their support of this show blue apron a better way to cook all right so face id face id is a pretty big deal right yeah i'll start with you steven you're gonna miss the home button do you think what do you think i don't i don't think so i mean so we talked when we talked about this when this rumor first came out, and we made some predictions, and we all did terribly. 
it I think it's because we we sort of lacked the the understanding of of how this would work. And I think Apple did a good job at selling um at selling it that it's easy to use um and that it is the, the things that are not touch ID related to the home button, they've moved other places. So the side button you long press for Siri, which seems like it's going to be more accident prone. I'm yeah. curious to how that's going to play out because with the seven, if it's in your pocket, you can't really do Siri accidentally because you can't push the button. But with this, it seems like that's going to happen a bunch. I'm curious to see how that plays out. Um, you can double tap the side button to do Apple Pay. You can still do the five press thing to enter uh, SOS mode like you can on the current phones under iOS 11. So the things that the home button has done they have moved elsewhere. The one feature, as best I can tell, and Federico, maybe you know the answer to this, I think reachability is gone. I don't yes. think I've seen where it goes. No, it's gone. It's no more. Yep. So rest in peace, reachability. Yeah. Rest in peaceability. Oh, it's probably fine on. on a phone this size, right? Like, do I, we, are we going to miss it? I don't know. I think... I, uh, Did you ever I use it? I don't know. I use it all the time. Really? To, to bring notifications center down with one hand. Hmm. Yeah, so, I do use it sometimes. I'll so. miss that. If I can't reach it. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how this thing feels in the hand yet. Like, I don't actually know how it feels, looks or feels in my hand. I, maybe I can reach the entire screen just with my thumb. Who knows? Like, I haven't... I mean, I don't have the context yet, but right. if I can't reach the notification center in, with just one hand, like if holding the hand that I'm holding, then I will miss reachability for that because it allows me to do that. But it is a dumb feature which they probably should get rid of, right? Because it's like it's an embarrassing <laughs> thing to have to add to a phone. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, I, I get that. But I do think, I mean, I I don't use it, but it sounds like you do, and you find it useful, so mm-hmm. then it's probably worthwhile. So I mean, I mean, so to kind of wrap my point up, it feels like they have built a case for these are all the things the home button used to do, and this is where they are now. They're either behind gestures, which you'll learn and figure out, or they're behind the a side button press. And they've kind of reassigned all those actions elsewhere uh, in the phone, and so I think I'm I think I'm honestly going to be just fine. Many months ago, we made Touch ID predictions. So, like, we've been talking for weeks about whether Touch ID would go away or not, and we made predictions. There were three questions. One was uh, if the iPhone eight would feature a Touch ID sensor on the back or embedded. Uh, obviously, this question was misguided, considering what we know now. We were obviously <laughs> all wrong. Uh, me and Stephen thought it would go on the back. Federico thought it would go under the display. The answer is it doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> the second question was, would Apple ditch Touch ID because of hardware issues? Uh, we don't obviously under- know what the answer was. Uh, we all didn't think that Apple would do that. Um, it will maybe never be known if they got rid of Touch ID because they couldn't do it, as opposed to wanting to go to Face ID, like we don't know. Um, and would Apple ditch Touch ID in favor of another form of biometric identity for the iPhone 8? Um, I said that I didn't think that Apple would have something that could be as secure as Touch ID. I was wrong. Uh, Steven said that he didn't think that Apple would do it because they spent so much time preaching the security of Touch ID, so it would be too hard to remove it. And Federico was the only one of us who said, unless something new is safe or safer... So we had three predictions. Uh, there were nine, right. nine possible <laughs> right answers. We got one of them. So 
well done to us, I guess. Especially Federica. <laughs> there were nine <laughs> possible oh, outcomes. Only Federica. And only one of those nine were correct. So we didn't do the best job there. Um, but Federica, you, you got something right. Uh, I mean, um, if you look at the hard numbers that Apple uh, presented yesterday... It sure seems like the Face ID is more secure than Touch ID because fewer people in the world could accidentally unlock your phone because they share the same um, facial f- features as yeah. yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that there's there's some real like, but when they put the asterisk on that, I'd love to know what those statistics are because they never said before. Unless someone you live with has similar fingerprints to you, like that was never a thing that they spoke about. But they did say. They mentioned the even the if it was a joke, even right. if it was a joke, they joked about the evil twin. But that was not. I don't think that was meant to be a joke. No, it was meant to be serious, but presented in a light-hearted way. Yeah, I'm really just, keen to understand. Like my brother, who kind of looks a little bit like me, can he unlock it? Like, how close do you have to be? So, I'm excited. Not excited. I'm keen to try that out <laughs> right and see what that's like and i appreciate that they said it but like i i would also like to know what those numbers are because those numbers they didn't share like what is the chances at that point because i bet it would be uh less than one in fifty thousand at that point because they had felt you know, they needed to say it i can already kind of feel how the next uh iphone gate will be about twins being able to Unlock each other's iPhones. Mm-hmm. Yep. Especially that's what it identical. Will be. Yeah, that's probably yeah. what twin, it will be. Twin gate. And, and <laughs> twin, <fine>. twin gate? <laughs> twin gate. <laughs> maybe, I can, uh, maybe I can break that gate wide open too. I just why, need to go back in time you, and have a twin. Why don't you register the web domain already? Twingate.com. Oh, that's good. D- Jude hey, looks a lot a, like Hover you. Was a sponsor. So maybe you can see if Jude can unlock your phone. And then you can post maybe. a 10-second YouTube clip and get yeah. a billion views and go on TV. <laughs> That anniversary is coming up, like uh, next week sometime. Well, it's always going to be whenever the iPhone come out, right? Like, oh yeah, I guess that's a good. Do you want to talk about the, so, the the fact that? Do you want to talk about the incredibly poor luck for Craig Federighi? I very like, much the worst possible thing that could have happened during yes. this presentation actually did happen. Yes. So around the uh, hour thirty six minute mark, uh, Craig Federighi goes to demo the iPhone ten for the first time. And as you, it makes a lot of sense, right? He's got to pick it up and unlock it with his handsome uh, man face because mm-hmm. that's the first thing you want to demo on this phone, and it fails. And so there's a screenshot in my blog post. Enter passcode. Your passcode is required to enable Face ID. We have all seen messages like this. A lot of people said, well, "What's what happens when your phone restarts?" That is not true. That's not the language used when your phone restarts. That language is Touch ID requires uh, your passcode when iPhone restarts. It gives you the reason. It is required. Uh, however, iPhones can enter this state where a PIN is required to uh, authenticate before you can use a biometric authentication. If a uh, springboard crashes, if you've installed a software update and haven't logged in since, that happened to me after the iOS 11 GM yesterday. I got this exact language on my 7 Plus. Um, this is not what happened. I'm sure this phone was not put in SOS mode, but if a phone goes into SOS mode, it shows this error message. Or if Touch ID can't match after several tries. So we've all done this. We got out of the shower, right? And we're all raisiny and warm and cozy. And we go to unlock Touch ID and it won't work. You can get this message. So all that to say, something happened to this phone. I don't think it was restarted, but 
either the springboard crashed while it was sitting there under a black cloth waiting for Craig to walk over to it, or in people getting it ready, it tried to unlock on their faces a bunch of times and it couldn't do it, and then entered this mode. But something happened. And the initial response was, oh my gosh, Face ID's broken. And like, it that's just not true. I think it's just bad luck that, that this phone entered a state that it needed a, a pin before he could move forward. Uh, Federici has come a long way from his shaky hand on the trackpad uh, in, the, in the Back to the Mac event in 2011. Uh, he said, hey, we have a backup phone. He picks up the other phone. He unlocks it. He proceeds to unlock that phone several times, which seemed off script. But I think just to like reiterate, hey, this works, like lock the phone, do it again. Uh, he did it a couple of times during the demo. Um, I think the first phone was just really bad luck. I'm sure it's embarrassing for Apple and the event team. I'm sure someone, when that happened, uh, sort of sank through the floor they were standing on. Maybe someone got yelled at. There is a, a funny bit. Uh, that happened years ago when Steve Jobs was trying to import photos into iPhoto for the first time and the digital camera wouldn't come on and he throws it into the front row of the audience, I guess to his assistant or somebody. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, it's great. Uh, we'll dig that up for the show notes. But uh, he just like chunks it and is like, here, fix this. Um, and then I think it happens again. And anyways, so I think I think oh he should have untethered the phone and like chunked it off the side of the stage. I think it would have been a really nice, you dedicated the place to Steve Jobs, throw something off the stage. It's all, it's all I want. Um <laughs> So anyways, I don't I think Face ID is fine. I think this was just an incredible crummy piece of luck. I think Federighi handled it well. Yes, it's embarrassing for Apple. Yes, it will be kind of made fun of for a while by people who remember it, but I don't like I'm not worried, right, that I'm going to go use Apple Pay at Whole Foods and I have to enter my pin. Like it this is something that happened on stage it happens in real life to us randomly. And um it's unfortunate, but I don't think it's anything more than that. That's all. Yeah, I'm I'm not concerned about it. Like I think it is is what it is. It will happen to me every few days because it happens to me every few days right now, right? Like I have to put my mm-hmm. passcode in instead of my thumb. Like I'm not bothered about it. There's something that I that I want to mention about the new unlocking process on the iPhone 10. Yeah. Um so right now I see some benefits and some things I'm kind of concerned about. So the obvious benefit to me seems like when you're holding the phone and you're dealing with notifications, it's more convenient than ever because just by looking, you put the iOS lock screen in a in unlocked state uh-huh. so you can fully interact with notifications and, you know, read messages, respond to messages and all that. Um, but the fact that you need to... You know, there's a padlock icon now on the lock screen. It's a very big icon. And the animation it's for enormous. that icon, the animation for that icon to to unlock is kind of slow, and it feels to me like the animation is actually slower than it takes for Face ID to authenticate you and to recognize you. So I wonder if the animation of the icon will cause the perception that Face ID is slower than Touch ID, and also I wonder if having to do the dance of look with your eyes open then swipe up is gonna be slower than place your finger and click. So, I am under the assumption that you are able to swipe the screen as you are raising it to your face and then look at it and it will go to the home screen. Okay. So I wonder how that works. Hmm. Well, because when you swipe up, 
it will then say, look to open. So Or put in your passcode. Yeah, yeah. okay. Right? So this is something that, that I am under an assumption with which I'm confident is based on true fact. Okay. Um, okay. So that will be a way that you'll be able to to do the kind of unlock from the pocket, right? Because this was my big thing. It's like, well, I unlock my phone. And my phone's on the home screen before, like, before I before it gets to my face because I just unlock it as it's coming out of my pocket, right? So I just press the home button or whatever. This is a, a way. It might be a bit slower, but a way to kind of mimic that. So I don't feel like I'm always look swipe. Like I want to swipe and look and then get there. And and it seems like that is going to be a thing that is possible. But you know the thing about the animation. I would maybe, if that's the case, right? Like I would maybe say that uh, the animation is taking as long as it takes the system to do what it's supposed to do. Mm. Rather than the system is waiting for the animation to complete. It wouldn't be, there's precedent for that though. It wouldn't be the first time that, I, that iOS animation framework is actually slower than it takes the system to perform a, a uh-huh. feature. So um, we'll see. I mean, obviously this phone is not coming out until November and I think, you know, it's going to run probably iOS 11.1. Uh, so Apple has plenty of time to tweak things, uh, yeah. and I mean, maybe we'll even see you know some some leaks from iOS eleven point one. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, uh, oh, maybe no. we'll know we'll, we'll, know, <laughs> we'll more know more in a few in a weeks. weeks. <laughs> 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 I guess. Um, but so, yeah, uh, overall, I think I think I'm a I'm a fan. You know, um, I was talking to some friends uh, and and my girlfriend and my mom about this like first question is face id is super cool like you look at your phone and it understands your face and you know when when i feel like when people hear that apple uh, did some tests with uh, photographs and videos and masks yeah and it uses the the depth information and the lasers to make sure they're actually looking at a real human being they're not being spoofed by, you know, these other authentication uh, tricks. And it needs your attention uh, and all the And it needs your attention. And, and that is super, everybody says that is super cool. Like the invisible lasers and the 30,000 dots on your face. That's amazing. There's an element of that's kind of creepy. But I think we all had the same reaction um, four years ago when Touch ID first came out. It was kind of creepy that, uh, you know, a company can now read my fingerprint. And of course, it's, it all comes down to the secure enclave and the way that Apple deals with this information. So I think the creepiness factor won't be an issue at all. If anything, I think Apple will probably have a PR problem with the identical twin stuff. And they're maybe sort of trying to get ahead of that problem by talking about it at the keynote. But I think overall, Face ID is super cool. It looks, it sounds, and it works futuristically. Uh-huh. So... um. I think it's the perfect complement to this kind of futuristic phone. All right, there's oh my gosh, there's still so much more to go on this. Uh, I, let me take let me take a break and we can get back to talking uh, about the iPhone. We'll call it ten. Yeah, we'll call it ten. Right, ten. Ten is the agreed upon. Ten, 10. is the agreed upon. Yes. Uh, Today's show is brought to you as well by our friends over at Encapsula. Encapsula has website security tools and a content delivery network that makes any website. Safer, faster, more reliable. It's so easy to get started with Encapsula. You just need to make a small change to your DNS. Then Encapsula is ready to go. It's just waiting. Whenever you want to set it up, you can. There's no hardware to install, no software to install. It's just a very simple change you need to make to get everything set up. Then you will have access to Encapsula's 30 data centers, which house 3 terabits of bandwidth, all in their global network. 
This network keeps bad guys away from your site. Denial of service attacks would never hit your servers. In Capsula, they just they just suck it all in and take care of it. That you don't ever need to see it. In the meantime, your content is cached. All of your connections will be optimized with the use of their powerful CDN. So everybody coming to your website will get your content lightning fast. And to keep your mind at ease, you can get a live traffic view of your site on Encapsulate's dashboard with the ability to also create custom rules to meet your exact needs where, 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 where required. As a listener of this show, you can get one whole month of service for free. You just need to go to Encapsula.com slash connected. That's I-N-C-A-P-S-U-L-A dot com slash connected. This is where you'll find out more about Encapsula's service and also claim your free month. Thank you so much to Encapsula for their support of this show and Relay FM. So the cameras on the iPhone 10. I don't know if you under if either of you understand this more than me, but it seems like they're the same, but with optical image stabilization on both. Like, what are, the, are there any other differences? I don't really understand. So, so the the 10 and the 8 Plus both have the new 12 megapixel sensor. It's also true on the 8, but the Plus and the 10 have the dual camera system with the telephoto lens. And they're both 12 megapixel now, right? They weren't both 12 megapixel before. I think so, yeah. The 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 differences between the Plus and the 10 is that both lenses on the 10 are uh, optically image stabilized. So before, just the regular lens was and telephoto wasn't. So this would make portrait video, portrait stuff and zoomed in video smoother, which is good. Um, the other slight difference is the aperture is a little bit better on the 10 than the plus, but it's a pretty minor change. Um, I think again, like going back a step eight versus 10, the eight plus has an amazing camera system and the 10 is only a little bit better. Uh, if you're looking at the eight or eight plus, like, I don't think you have to be super sad about the camera system you're not getting on the 10 real time follow up the seven plus, both of them are listed as 12 megabyte, a top 12 megapixel as well. Oh, um, well, there you go. But they're apparently they're new, and they've got stuff in them. But yeah, I don't. I mean, looking there at it, go. it's like the difference is the new one has a two point four aperture on the telephoto. The old one had a two point eight, and then it's digital optimized. No, it's a dual optical image stabilization and a true tone flash with slow sync, whatever that means. They're the difference. I don't know what that means. Yeah. But better, a better, a better flash. And apparently, they've got a bunch of sensors in, which are enhanced by what do they call it, kids? Neural networks. There you go. Machine Neural learning. networks, machine learning. That's in the camera Bionic. now. It's everywhere. Bionic ISP. Bionic. That's Apple, fun. Apple's building their own. We, we skipped over it, but Apple's building their own GPU and ISP now because uh, the power of VR stuff's gone. Internet service provider is my yes. understanding of that phrase. Image system processor. Image system processor. Yeah. Uh, so that's all good stuff. So they can do more fancy stuff. Front camera, you can do, on the 10, you can do the depth stuff because they have all the stuff yeah. for the face ID. So even though it doesn't have two cameras. Selfies are going to look so good, guys. Yeah, Snapchat game's going to go way up if you're young and into that sort of thing. Like like me and being Federico? Yeah, like you and Federico. Yeah, y'all, y'all still mm-hmm. in your 20s for now. Not much longer. <laughs> I look at this phone and I'm so blown away by the beauty of it. I don't want to put it in a case and I'm really concerned about my opinion and my feelings about this. Well, AppleCare Plus is $200 on this phone. $200. Because it's Crazy. glass. That's why. Wow. I mean, it's strong glass, but it's still glass, right? So <laughs> it's, that's, that's more than the 8 and 8 Plus, even though the Plus, AppleCare Plus... That's really a confusing sentence. Is more expensive than on the 7 Plus? God, 
names. Oh gosh, darn it! Uh, <laughs> I assume is because if you smash the OLED screen, it's just more expensive. Like, oh, a, man. Uh, I don't know. What they to say do. the glass is harder than what they've what they've put on previous phones. They say the back glass has got a still still reinforcement under it to help keep it stiff. But yeah, people are going to break it. I am not going to put a case on it because I'm not an animal. My phone has been uh, naked basically the whole time I've had an iPhone. And I will continue that tradition. The only question is what what color to get. But no no case here in uh, mm. in my life. No case. What do you want to do, Federico? Um, well, I think I'm going to go with the obvious choice, which would be 256 gigabytes black. Mm. I mean, that's that's you know the the uh, is it, I guess it's the most expensive one. No, the most expensive one is the five twelve model. No, it's not a five twelve. Okay, so the the best one, yeah. So, but are you gonna uh, put a case on it though? Um, what about the folio? At least initially, oh, I, yeah. I I will I will not. I I will I will try to see. I mean, obviously, I'm gonna get Apple Care, so I will see if I can survive without a case. But I don't mm. want to do the folio because I, I don't see the phone as an iPad. Um, <laughs> also, I'm not the kind of business user, I don't think. Uh, you got to you know, put your debit card in there for fast access. Yeah, sure, sure. Should, I should Apple Pay fix that now? That, that's know? the sweet irony of Apple's. So yeah. Apple's basically built a wallet case. You hold, oh, my God. Folds it like a book. You your would not be able to use that. Apple Pay properly because your card will be trying to talk to the reader. I'm sure they've worked that out. The cards oh are on the gosh. front of the phone. NFC's in the back. I'm sure they've worked that out. Like, you you sure would have to. The first person to you can't have them stacked on top of each other though. You'd have to have it opened to use it. Maybe. No, that's um, how that's how NFC works. Like if you if you have two cards on top of each other, and try and put them against the reader, it it just mm. doesn't know what to do. You have to like separate them. So you would have to open the folio every time you wanted to use Apple Pay and leave it open when you scan it. So you'll be doing it with like two hands, like a little book. Like you, you walk into the checkout with a book in your hand and you're putting it against the, the card reader. There's a word of warning to all of you Folio fans out there. Hashtag Folio fan. Um, mm. the, the Folio fans. Uh, Folio fam. The iPhone ten beats MacBook Pro in Geekbench tests. <laughs> oh, man. It beats the 13-inch MacBook Pro in Geekbench tests. So your new phone will be faster than your new laptop. What does that really mean, though? It doesn't mean anything. Because, so here's the, th- here's the thing about that, right? I'm just going to preempt a- ATP. I'm sure they're going to talk about this for four hours. Uh, I don't think it really matters because the type of task, even on an iPad, the type of tasks that push an iPad are just different from the type of tasks that push a Mac. And like there's some overlap, right? Like Jason Snell's editing podcasts on an iPad because he's a crazy person. But like most people don't do that. And like, it's great if you're doing that sort of like hardcore production on iOS, but 99% of iOS users don't. And even the stuff Federico does, it's pushing the, the CPU and GPU more than most people do. But they're, I think they're so different. Like, oh, like, oh my God, the ARM processor is faster than the MacBook Pro. That doesn't mean we're going to have a MacBook Pro with ARM because it may be faster, but there's still a hundred other problems with putting this chip in a Mac, like you don't have Thunderbolt, all the stuff we talked about, you don't have Thunderbolt, you don't have Windows support, All you have to have developers recompile their stuff, which they're not going to do because they don't care about the Mac. Like, I don't see it happening. It's it's more for me, LOL Intel, that, that Apple's custom 
assumingly much smaller team than what Intel has. Like I'm sure Apple's CPU team is a much smaller group of people than all of Intel, and they're getting it handed to them. But uh, I don't think it is a big deal. It's no big of a, it's no bigger of a deal than it was before this. I don't think. Are you both worried about how many animated emoji you're going to get from me? I'm definitely going to block you on iMessage. I am going to... This is it now. This is this is the pinnacle of everything. It's emoji stickers, which I've always wanted. I've always mm-hmm. wanted to have to be able to use emoji-like stickers. But now I can make them do whatever I want. I can make them make any <laughs> type of face. You know, I can make an angry robot. I can make a happy monkey. I can make a perplexed chicken. Anything I want to do, I can do it. I'm so excited about this. I may just send all of my messages as audio messages recorded through the face of a unicorn. That might just be the way I communicate with people in 2017. No, I, w- I want you to be the chicken, Mike. Yeah, I, I, I feel yeah. like I need to spend some serious time choosing what my one mm. will be, right? Like, I think everybody needs to go through this. They even did it on stage, right, where uh, what did... Tim was the alien, and what did mm-hmm. uh, what did Craig, Craig choose? Craig was the fox. He was the fox. Of course he was. Of course he Obviously. was. Uh, so I'm going to need to spend some serious time looking through this. I haven't seen anywhere yet like what the full list of emoji is. Um, so, so if you go to Apple Newsroom mm-hmm. uh, on the iPhone 10 page, I think there's a list of them. There's 12 of them, I think. Okay. What they said they have about six or seven of them as gifts. Um I will put huh. the Fox one in the show notes so we can see that uh, uh, on the show note page for this this episode. Okay. I'm trying to find this list now. I don't see it. I'm sure it's anyway, there somewhere. I think, there's like, I think there's like 12 of them. Okay. And it, what's interesting, it's an iMessage app. Like it's not in the emoji keyboard. Um, it so makes you can't sense use them elsewhere. Like, it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it, it, I think so too. And I think, you know, they're still trying to make iMessage apps a thing, but um, it is what it is. I'm very excited about Animoji, guys. I really, really, I really, really am. Like, very, very excited about it. Like, yeah, think- and it was, the, it was the first time that I, that I, that I genuinely laughed at a, at, a, at an I Apple event. I was laughing um, my butt off. I was, well, I was especially, like, I, I did not expect Johnny to, to oh, do the demo so uh, of the Animoji, and and that was, you, you know, when you. When you get the feeling that you know someone and that person tends to be a very serious, very composed person person, mm-hmm. and then suddenly they do something funny and it's and it's funnier than it should be because you never see them in that light. Because it's so out of character uh, for them. Yes. And that's exactly what happened to me with Johnny yesterday. He was doing the monkey the monkey and emoji and it was like this is this is just so funny. It's like the you know, good times at the during the Apple video, you know, yeah, the, 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 white, the, the white room is funnier than usual. The white room got some character in it, and those characters mm. were animated monkey faces. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really excited about this feature. Like, this is something that people are going to go crazy for, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm very, very, very excited to uh, play with uh, it. You know, even technically speaking, it's quite the accomplishment from oh, Apple. Yeah. Because they're using the new... Uh, the new uh, face recognition APIs, and uh, and I guess they're also available with ARKit. You know, the, the, all the detection points that developers can can request to form this approximation of your face, and they're also use, doing some stuff, I guess, with Metal Two and maybe uh, SyncIt to animate the the animoji on screen. So if you look at the 
at the uh, leaks from the iOS 11 GM from last week, uh, the, all the Animoji were low-poly versions, so very low-polygon count. And I believe Apple is doing some uh, hardware tessellation to smooth all the surfaces out and make the polished, uh, you know, rounded, fully 3D Animoji that we have on the iPhone 10. So that's kind of that's kind of awesome from a technical perspective too. It's a it's a silly feature, but it's very nicely done from a technical perspective, and it's also interesting. This is not silly. This is deadly serious. It's 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 mm. serious to. I mean, I think it's gonna sell iPhones, honestly. And it's yep. going to make for some amazing commercials. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited. This isn't in the notes, but uh, iOS 11 does not have Apple's new emoji. It's going to be, assumingly later, maybe in 11.1 with this new phone. Uh, is that a, I was going to ask you, is that a break? Have, has it been on a minor update or have they been in major releases the last couple of years? I just couldn't remember. No, they've been in the uh, like 10.2, 10.3, okay. 10.2, okay. I think, actually, yeah. Uh, like a okay, couple so of months this later. This isn't a break from precedent then. Yeah, I mean, you know, you have to wait for your elf emoji, which is coming with yeah. the next version. Yeah, um, I just want the yeah. the mind-blown one. iOS 11 comes out next week. How are you feeling, Federico? Oh, yeah. um, do, do we need to talk about it? Like, <laughs> I mean, we can just gloss right past it and pretend it's not happening. If that will make you feel any no, better. I just I just wanted to say that, of course, the final week is uh, sort of a rush to get everything done. There's still bugs to be fixed, screenshot to be screenshots to be taken, and this year we're working on new extras, new new avenues to be explored. So we're also trying to finalize that, mm -hmm. and more more shall be revealed next week on Connected mm. uh, and on Mac Stories and everywhere, hopefully. <laughs> and uh, But yeah, I'm, uh, obviously, you know, six days left means uh, not much sleep will, uh, will be experienced by my body. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Odd way of saying that. <laughs> very uh, weird. My, the real my, roundabout. What day does it come out? Is it Tuesday the 19th? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And my review will be out uh, hopefully a couple of hours before Apple pulls the switch. Uh, so people have time to check out the review before they rush to update everything. Yep. Whew. It's a big day. It's a good review. It's good. Mm. It's very exciting. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we are actually out of time for today, uh, mostly because Federico has an espresso deficiency right now or something and like there's some words <laughs> that are needed uh, you know i'm not 100 percent sure of the reason i just know that there's some kind of like real emergency um in regards to i think the sleep that federico has put into his body or something something his <laughs> word is in some way like that so we're gonna hold talking about the apple watch and the apple tv to next week um along with talking about ios 11 so we've still got an action-packed show i mean there's so much stuff why why not spread it out right we've got a we've got a few weeks that we need to fill here before the products come to on to our doorstep so we'll talk about the apple watch and uh, our opinions on the apple tv next week if you want to find uh, our show notes for this week head on over to relay.fm slash connected slash 159 you can find federico at maxstories.net you should keep your eyes locked to maxstories over the next week or so because there's lots of cool stuff happening federico is at vaticci on twitter v-i-t-i-c-c-i -C -C -I. steven is at 
ISMH, and you can find his work over at 512pixels.net. I know that Stephen has finished work on his uh, High Sierra review, but that doesn't come out until, what, the 25th? The 25th, so I got a couple weeks, but yeah, it's ready to go. You're the lucky one. I am. Um, You can find me, uh, I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E, uh, on Twitter, and yes, I do have a cold, and yes, I am sorry about that. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors this week, the fine folk over at Encapsula, Hover, and Blue Apron, and we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, guys. Arrivederci. Adios. <laughs>